short, relatively short sicha, with a beautiful, with a beautiful word, very, very typical. So in Parshas Nitzavim, beginning of Pedek Lamed, the Pasuk says, It will be when these things will come upon you, the bracha, the blessing, and the curse, Asher Nasati Lefanacha, which I have placed before you, Vashiveisa Elavavecha, Bechal Hagoyim, Asher Idichacha, Hashem Alekecha Shama. You should take it to heart amongst all the nations that you have been banished there by the Abishter. Vishafta, Hashem Alekecha, you should return to the Abishter, Vishamaita Bekele, you should listen to his voice. Kechela Sharanechi Mitzavcha Hayim, as everything that I have taught you today. Ata uvanecha, you and your children, with all your heart and with all your soul. So this is the pasik upon which um, the sikha is based. It's not really a Rashi sikha, but we're going to ask why Rashi does not address this central question that we're going to have on this pasik. It will be when these things will come upon you, the bracha and the klala. You will take it to heart amongst all the goyim where you have been sent or you have been dispersed. You will return to the Abishter with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Move on. So as we continue through the parish, we understand that the general intent, the direction of the psukim is that in the end of times, in the end of the situation, every yid will return to the Yevishter with full tshuvah. Even someone who transgressed the ways of Hashem, but if or when all of these things happen to him, the, especially the klala, he'll be awakened, he'll be inspired to take things to heart until it reaches a point that he returns to the Eivishter. But based on this, we have a question on the word Abracha. The Pasuk says, if all of this is going to come upon you, the bracha and the klala. I can understand something that is the opposite of good, who gave him the shvira salev, causes the person to be brokenhearted, the chulu, who moves and this awakens him to do tshuva. But how is a person going to be awakened or inspired to do tshuva if he's... Oh, has brachas just by receiving brachas from the Abister blessings from Hashem? How does a, this motivate a person to tshuva when something happens that's that's not good? So why did it happen? How did it happen? What can I do to stop it from happening? And hopefully it leads the person to tshuva. But if a person is receiving brachas from the Abister, how does that lead a person to tshuva? Since this is a question, even in the basic understanding of the pasuk. 
There's another question here. Madua ain't now shum remez lakush yezuva yeshuva Actually, why is there no, even not even a hint to this question and to its resolution in Rasha? Shenyoni the Yashuv of the Vayikol Lever Akashiv Adaros would be b'tzudosol maker, which Rashi's purpose is to explain and to resolve anything that is questioned. Questionable and demands an explanation of Sudish Shomikra. Therefore, we must come to the conclusion that in Sudish Shomikra there's no question here. And why not? So, basically, our question is clearly the Habracha is not a stira to our question how does a person become inspired to do tshuva? Just because he received brachas. Now, the question is, when the psukim continue, what is the content of the posik? What is the, the direction of the posik? Is it telling us that if these things will happen to you, then you should do kach v'kach? You should return to Hashem? Or is it prophesizing? That this is the future, this is what's going to happen. Which one is it? Is it... This is what you should do, or this is what's going to happen. We can't say that these psukim, we cannot say that the meaning of these words is telling the future in a, in a, in a, in a nevuah, in a prophecy. As part of the events that are going to occur to the Jewish people. And therefore it says the word Abracha, and specifically before the word Aklala, because that is what will be in the prophecy, and that is what actually did occur in the chronological order of events. When the Yidden came to Israel, the early days in Israel will be days of bracha, days of, bracha, of blessing and goodness for the Yidden. And at a later date, when the Yidden will sin, then the opposite of good will come upon them. So we can't say that that's the pshat, even though it would fit nicely. You're going to come to Israel, you're going to have bracha, then you're going to have klala. And ultimately, so it would fit into the psukim, but we can't say that that's the pshat. That, that Meshe Rabbeinu is telling the future. Aleph. Number one. Sipura Hasidis Bola Halon the Parshas Vayelech. The story of the future, in other words, for someone, or the Ebishter, to tell or to tell over what is actually to prophesize what is actually going to happen in the future that actually happens in Parshas Vayelech in Pelech Lamed Aleph Pasuk Tezayin Vayemer Hashem Omeisha Hin Chashechev Mavisecha V'kama Amazav Ezanach Re'elekei Necher Haaretz you're going to pass away Eibishter speaking to Meishar Veno the nation is going to rise they're going to stray after strange gods my anger will be, be inflamed on that day. I will hide my day, my face on that day. So, Pastor has 
it has a description by the Abishabenu, a prophetic vision of what is going to occur in the future. So it's hard to say that, that, it's, that, that it's happening twice. Then Parashas Nitzavim, there's a few psukim that are about the future, what's going to happen in the future, and then again in Parashas Vayelach. Beis, haksuvim de lahalon, befurish as osipur amorais, asidim lavid achar bayam leret Yisrael. Those, those uh, 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 stories, that, that future that is related in, or prophesized rather, in Parashas Vayelach, it says clearly that these are events that are going to occur after the Yidin come to Israel. And there's no mention of the goodness that's going to happen to that's going to happen into the Yidin. In other words, the, the, the prophecy that's being told is a prophecy is about the, the negative things. So even if this was a prophecy, it still wouldn't answer the Abracha. First of all, it's not a prophecy because the prophecy is in is in, is in Vayelach. And even if over there you see he's telling a whole prophecy and there's no mention of the brachas. So why would the mention of the be here? Logically speaking, it doesn't follow to say that the good that's going to happen in the future is something that could be discussed in advance as a prophecy. The good that's going to come upon the person is dependent on his own personal choices. As it says in the end of our parasha, In the end of the parasha itself, it says, You can choose life. And so too it says in the beginning of parasha, Which this. Then Chomish the Mikra, the person, the student learning Chomish already learned the A. As a bracha asher tishmu, vaklalim le tishmu. The bracha if you listen, the klal if you don't listen. Who repeats Elech Amar Meisha? Ki adaiti, ki anechi adaiti es medicha. I know your rebelliousness. Shall pizam uvenes avados to become vezana, which is why I know that you're going to stray for other gods. So we know already that there's going to be negativity. So that we know for certain. So that we can expect uh, negative events. But brachas, we don't know because we don't know how the Yidin are going to act. We don't know that the Yidin are going to earn the brachas. Brachas is by choice of the Yidin. And if the Yidin don't earn them, they're not going to happen. So it's very hard to prophesize about a bracha that's going to come. So it's hard to say, E-Efster, I should say rather, as the Tzich says, it's impossible to say that these psukim here of Shafta Kecha is prophecies about the future. So therefore it comes out in our case. See this? That the purpose of the Pasuk here, the direction of the Pasuk here is not the uh, telling of the future. They're coming to testify and let us know. If the Yidin are not going to choose to go in the ways of Hashem. And this will cause, this will trigger negative events, negative consequences to the Yidin. Then these negative consequences themselves will awaken the Yidin to return with a complete tshuva 
And that's what the Pesukim are telling us. Avalim came, but according to this, our question, we're back to square one. What is the connection with the fact that the Abister is going to give bracha to the Jewish people, to the Yidin? And they say, if the purpose of this Pesukim is to tell us, to tell the Yidin, that they're going to be awakened to Tshuva through the Klolis, through the that are going to happen, how does the word Abracha fit into this Pasuk? The Ezbeis' explanation is as follows. The Parsha This Parsha is telling us that the pain, the suffering from the Klala, from the negative consequences, is going to awaken the sinner to return in with tshuva. And the Pasuk ends that the tshuva will be on such a lofty level that it will permeate heart and soul. So basic logic tells us that just like the tshuva is on a very intense level, a very high level, to the point that it permeates to the depth of his heart and soul, then also the cause of the tshuva has to also be in a very intense manner. The feeling of suffering or pain of the klala. That the tsar has to be very strong tsar, very painful suffering, even more than regular than the regular suffering that one would, excuse me, suffer from a klala. So, in other words, if the uh, if it's the negative events that are triggering his desire for tshuva, then the ultimate tshuva would be triggered by the ultimate suffering. So therefore the Pasuk explains So the Baracha tells us these things are going to happen to you Let's first focus on the word Klala What it's telling us So it tells us that all the, the different details of the Klala Which we just learned from the previous Parish and Parish's Tavit That are going to occur to the person are going to occur after the bracha. Umitava ben Yadam. It is the nature of humankind, of people. Shadover leitev. Habaa leim laacha shakadme dover tev. That when a person experiences something negative, after a positive experience, as nirgesh ubeilet chesreinish laleitev harbeyeser. Then a person feels, and the, the, the lack of the good. Is stands out much more both in quantity and quality than if there was no good that came before it. The klala is so much worse because it was preceded by bracha. As it is known that a rich person, that the wheel of fortune turned on him, and he became impoverished. His suffering is much greater than someone who was forever a pauper. And in addition to the fact that it's a simple, basic logic to his Ben Chamesh Nomikra, we can also derive this from a Rashi 
that was brought in Parshas to the A, which is before this Parshas so of the Menchamish, the Mikra already learned it. The Parshas to the A, Allah Pasuk, De Machsei De Ashiyach Saleh, Peter Shashi, Tokmat giving Zdokah. And it says you have to give him De Machsei De Ashiyach Saleh to suffice for the lack that he is lacking. So Rashi explains, De Machsei you also have to give to suffice for what's lacking. But you do not, you are not commanded to make him wealthy. Then Rashi continues that which is lacking to him. Even a horse to ride upon the Eved Lord the fun of, and a servant, to, a runner to run before him. These two Rashi's are contradictory. If since you do not have a mitzvah to make him wealthy, you not you don't have to. Give him riches, luxuries. Why is he obligated to give him a, even a horse to ride upon and a, and a runner to run before him? Which these are items of luxury. Especially if you focus specifically on these words, Allah is riding on the horse. Lord, it's the fun of the runner is running before him. He's not using it for his field. He's not using it for the worker to, to help him make a parnasa. They're doing nothing. They're riding on the horse. He, I mean, I mean, he's using the horse to ride upon, and the runner is just running in front of him. Now, it's true that this is what the Chazal said, this is what the Gemara says is the meaning of the Pasik. And therefore, that's Rashi's source. But how does Rashi derive this limo, this understanding, based on Pshutish Mikra? Especially since it's contradictory. On the one hand, you're telling me you don't have to make him rich. You don't have to make him wealthy. On the other hand, you're offering him items of luxury. Ella, but what's the explanation? How do you see in the Pasik that, that, that both things are true? Never because of Deimach The Pasik says that which he is lacking. Which he individually, he specifically is missing. So this is understood. If it's something that this person is missing, then it's not considered luxury for him. But it's something that's necessary. It's a necessity. Even if with regards to someone who is not accustomed to these to these luxuries, this was not this, this. This would be considered a luxury and not a necessity. But for the person who became accustomed to it, it becomes a necessity. So both are true. You taka, you don't have to make him wealthy. But whatever this person was once accustomed to, that became part of it, it of what's considered necessity and not luxury, and therefore has to be given to him. Because of move on. So from this we understand. That even according to Pesudah Shomikra, We understand the reason why it says a bracha in the Pasuk. Because with the word habracha, we understand how the feeling of the suffering brings him to this perfect tshuva. point that it permeates his heart and his soul. Kishaklolo murgeshas pechol eitzma. When the klala is felt with all of its intensity because it was preceded by a bracha, then it has the power to awaken tshuva with all of its 
strength and with all of its intensity, the Khalavav Khalagama with all and and therefore it reaches his heart and soul. Oh. So that's question answer. Why does it say Abracha in the Pasik? Because it wants to talk about this Eridu Satchuva, and this Eridu Satchuva comes from the suffering, and when the Bracha precedes the Klala, then the suffering of the Klala is greater, and therefore the Tshuva that comes out from that suffering, the awakening that comes out from that suffering is a much greater awakening, and therefore a much greater Tshuva. But we still have to understand. The ultimate, uh, 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 the, the more general picture, besides referring to the specifics about the klala, that's, the bracha, and the klala that's going to lead to say the shuva, the parsha in general is telling us that ev- the Abishter is going to ordain that every yid will do shuva. Now that we've established that in the ultimate shuva comes after the klala, that comes after the bracha, that only once a person receives a bracha and then a klala can he reach the ultimate shuva. But this is telling us this premise. But this premise negates the fact that a person could reach ultimate tshuva without the bracha. What happens if a person has a klala without a bracha? Then what we just basically said is that the pain is not that great, and therefore the seriousness is not that great, and therefore the tshuva is not that great. But this person is saying that every is going to do tshuva, even the yidin that didn't have the bracha before the klala. So how does that work? The explanation is as follows. We mentioned earlier the the pasuk as a bracha asher tishmur ein asati lefnecha yim as I don't remember as chaim as I don't remember how the pasuk begins. But the next pasuk in Parshas Vayi is a bracha asher tishmur el mitzvah shem lekechem ve'aklova. Oh, here is the pasuk right here. B'tchilas Parshas Vayi b'bir b'zetz. Let's go to the beer. B'tchilas Parshas Vayi kasher v'ayi anechi nesan lefnechem yim bracha uklova. I'm placing before you today bracha and klala. Esa bracha, asher tishmu, el mitzvah Hashem, the gamer. So the pasuk over there says that the bracha asher tishmu, which let's say means if you'll listen. It doesn't mean that exactly, but let's say if you'll listen. Va'aklala im tishmu. So now we're going to focus on the fact that it says by abracha it says asher tishmu. And by Aklala it says Im Tishmu, or Im Lois Tishmu rather. Mefarish Rashi, Rashi explains, Asher Tishmu, Alminas Asher Tishmu, on the condition that you will listen. The bracha is being given to you on the condition that you will listen to the Ibishtim. So the pastor's Kavanah said, the Tarit, Masha Omar Akasav, Asher Tishmu, Shaharei Zetnai, Asher Tishmu. Seemingly, he's coming to tell us, explain to us what Rashi is coming to do. He's coming to explain to us why they use the word Asher Tishmu. Asher Tishmu, Asher is at night. Asher Tishmu is not telling us it's a condition that you'll get the bracha if you listen to Hashem. You'll get the bracha if you listen. Just like it says immediately in the Pasuk later that if by the Klala, if you don't listen. 
Like we said earlier in the Sicha, that this, the bracha is dependent on the person's choice. Uga calls that. Nema Pirishtashi Almenas Veloyim. So the meaning of the Pasak seemingly is that you're gonna get the bracha if you will listen. But Rashi doesn't touch him, Rashi touches Almanas. To me, I time a gufa shashina akasu meresha asher the seifaim because the pasuk changes the terminology. And, and earlier by, by abracha it says asher tishmu, and by the klala it says im tishmu, im loy tishmu. Therefore, Rashi is compelled to say sheim pirusha shel asher tishmu b'mavanit shel im tishmu that asher doesn't mean im. Rashi is telling us that Asher Tishmu means on the condition that you listen. Why does he come to Chathil to tell anything? Because it's Asher and not Im. And now being that it says Asher and not Im, and by the Klala it does say Im, it must mean that Asher has a different meaning than Im. And therefore Rashi Taitzot Asher means Almanas. But what's the difference? What's the difference between Almanas and Asher? And Im. I'm on the condition. You'll bracha, you'll get on the condition that you will like, that you will listen. How is that different than the quality you'll get if you don't listen? It's a very simple difference between almanas and im. im pirusha means that it's a condition, but that obligates its fulfillment before receiving. That which he wants to receive. If he will fulfill that which is demanded of him, then he will be given his reward, which is the bracha. And that's actually what it means with regards to the opposite of the bracha later in the Pasik. That if you will not listen to the mitzvahs of Hashem, us then, meaning after the not listening, so it means if that first you have to do the if, if you will listen, then you will get, if you will not listen, then you will not get. Amenas, when you say it's on the condition, pirushai, it means that the thing is being given right away. It's nice, he hasn't ever played it. It's on the condition that he'll do something. He's giving it to him right away, regardless of what he did. And he's telling him, I'm giving this to you on the condition, meaning for the purpose of you doing something with it. And that's the pshat of Asher Tishmu, which said by the Indian Abracha, which Asher said, Asher means Lamanas. The Yehbishter gives the Bracha to the Yid. And in order that this bracha should remain, but they have a condition you have to listen. The bracha comes regardless. You want to keep the bracha, you want the bracha to last, to permeate, to become a, a part of you, then you have to listen to the Ebishter. That's the difference in Almanas and Im. Im means first you have to listen, then you get the bracha. Almanas means the bracha you're getting anyway. And to keep the bracha, you have to listen. Comes out. This is the, 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 this is the most amazing line 
לפי זה נמצא, ואין לך אדם מישראל שתקיבל את הברכה. There is not one yid that didn't get the bracha of the neighbor's turn. Being that we say that the bracha comes regardless, that we got, so therefore it comes out that un, I shouldn't say unconditional, because there is a condition that comes after it, but before we get a chance to fulfill the condition or not, every yid receives the bracha. The gami shechata, upagam, v'yavra zadarach. V'nenosh also, even someone who sinned and caused the blemish and strayed from the path and was punished for it, after he sinned, which the punishment is the opposite of bracha, nevertheless, at the get-go, at the start, starting point, the bracha was there. Then after he received the bracha, or potentially received the bracha, he then went ahead and didn't fulfill the condition of Asher Tishmu, then the opposite of bracha came upon him. So now you can't say anymore that, no, that, 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 that there was no bracha before the klala. There is always a bracha before the klala. The question is how long it lasts. The question is how long it, be, it, it, it remains with you. But every single yid receives the bracha from the Ebishter. Nimtza de'inyin ha'mavur v'pashaseinu she'kola advaru ma'ele shala bracha v'shala klala achakach that that which it says in the parasha earlier that all of these things that will come upon you First bracha, and then klala. Lead a person, motivate a person to do tshuva in the most intense way that it permeates his heart and his soul. And it's This is something that is accessible to every single yid because the bracha and the klala, followed by the klala is something that every yid is not the klala part, but the bracha first is something that every single yid is shayach to because the bracha is given to us before we get a chance to fulfill or chas v'shalom the opposite. And on this theme, and this concept, we see an amazing thing, something that connect, is specifically connected to the time leading up to Rosh Hashanah, the day of the Great Judgment. The Abishter promises that he's going to give every single yid the bracha without looking at the situation. It's just that he says the bracha will remain with a person if he's able to listen. But at the starting point, at the beginning, the Abishter gives every single yid the bracha. Comes to Rosh Hashanah, a person stands in front of the Abishter. And is asking for brachas for the new year. The brachas are there. Va'atam can move on, and the reason is understood. Every single year, there's a child of Avraham Yitzchak v'Yakov. Ubnei Yisrael, Ibnei Melachim, we say there's a Melachim. Yidin are princes, children of kings, and even more so in certain places. The Gemara says doesn't just say Ibnei Melachim; they say Melachim. The Yidin are kings. That everything should be given to them completely and perfectly. As it is explained in with regards to how much food you have to give to your Jewish worker, even if you give them the Su'udah, the same kind of meal that Shlema would give 
in his times and the Gemara describes over there what kind of incredible meal how much food went and how, um, how much they, how long it took to eat it and, and the Gemara is, is elaborates there on what the meal was but it's something that's beyond anything that we can comprehend you still have not fulfilled your obligation in feeding your worker because their children and the Abishter fulfills anything which he commands the Yidin to do so therefore the Abishter commanded us to treat another Yid by giving them, by treating them like children of kings and like kings and the Abishter treats us that way as well by giving us brachas and therefore, the Eibishter, every single Yid, is receiving brachas from the Eibishter. And the Eibishter is giving us all these brachas. It is certain that everyone will fulfill the Tnai of following the mitzvahs of Hashem. And then the bracha will remain with him permanently. And in that case, his tshuva won't have to be on chatoim because he is fulfilling the asher tishmu, he's fulfilling the, the, he's fulfilling the fact that he's listening to the Ebishter. But the tshuva will be, as it says in the Pasuk, the, the ruach, the spirit, will return to the Ebishter that had given, that has given it. In other words, that rather than a tshuva is shot, the person did something wrong. And he has to come back from it. That he didn't do anything wrong. He's just connecting the Ruach. is connecting to the Telekos, to the Ebishter. That is Pshat coming back from Chatoim Vavainus. Dealing with dealing with the the Yetzir the, Hara, the Nefesh Abamis, the Elam Hazah. The tshuva law is about connecting the neshama with 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 elokus. Every yid will do this. There's no need for tshuva tata because there's no chatoim, there's no avenis, there's no nefesh abamis, there's no yitzharah. Everything is asher tishmu. And especially in the kviyus of this year, which is a yamtiv shalashashana that falls out on Shabbos, which is actually the kviyus of this year as well. It's the Kviyas of the year Tavshin Lamed Beis that is when the Fabrengen was said and it's also the Kviyas of this year that we're learning the Sikha together. It's explained in Regal Shuvah that Shabbos is the same Asias as Toshev as Shuvah. And the Aveda of Shabbos is to do Shuvah. To do Shuvah which is Besimcha Rabba which is with great Simcha. So Mamele that we're talking about the bracha that the Ebesh is giving every yid and the only thing we have to do is do tshuva to be able to, to because we don't have to, because, because we have no we, we have no imloi tishmus we are keeping the bracha because asher tishmu therefore the whole aved is tshuva this is very consistent with this year because Hashanah is Shabbos and that on the day of Rosh Hashanah rather than focusing on Tshuva and Chatoim Vavenis, we're focusing on Shabbos, Esis Toshev, Tshuva Ilah, Besim Chadaba, and therefore meriting to keep the brachas that the Abishter has already given us to each and every single Yid, regardless of their Maimadu Matzev, because the bracha is automatic from the Abishter.